0: You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer powered, listener supported,
1: Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Brandon Blewett.
2: And I'm D. Kager. This is the WFHB local news for Monday, November 27th,
3: 2023. Mr. Just D- Mr. Davis, stating I not, that, Mr. Davis, that Davis, I am I out of compliance
1: does not make it so. Later in the program, the Bloomington Board of Public Works denied an appeal for a sanitation violation on a property on South Washington Street. Local resident Joe Davis had a heated exchange with the board. More in today's headlines.
4: It's work that I'm really proud of because we produced a little over 330 mediated agreements in court that help avoid an eviction being ordered, and it's really rewarding.
2: That's Gabby Hetrick from Community Justice and Mediation. CJAM is a partner in the Eviction Prevention Project, training mediators to work out landlord-tenant disputes before they go to eviction court. Turns out they are really good at it, as you'll hear later on in the show on a new episode of Activate.
1: During the November 21st meeting of the Bloomington Board of Public Works, the board heard an appeal from local resident Joe Davis. This appeal was for a sanitation violation for his property on South Washington Street. Board President Kyla Cox Deckard walked through the appeals process
5: for um, the appeal process we had discussed um, the last time we brought this item forward Uh, there are 15 minutes uh, to hear from the appellant Uh, we will then turn it over for uh, up to 15 minutes for uh, city staff presentation and then we will open it up to um, board questions uh, and comments after that so um, i would call the appellant uh, to the microphone
1: Davis requested that the board members recess for 10 minutes to provide time for his witnesses to arrive. The board denied his request.
3: I am asking for procedurally for another 10 minutes for my support to arrive. I was told that I I would be making my appeal presentations much later than
6: this time. Joe, that is not true. You know, I told you it would be five forty 540 to five forty-five. Um, the
3: meeting starts at five thirty. That makes no logical sense.
6: Well, it's what I told you, Joe.
3: Um, I, Joe. I, I welcome, I welcome Mr. Wheeler to go ahead and make his presentation.
5: Okay, okay we'll proceed with staff presentation. Uh, I,
7: I, with all due respect to the board, we gave our presentation weeks ago and there isn't anything more for us to present. What I wanted to say to the board is that uh, procedurally speaking, the meeting starts at 530 and those who are going to be present to conduct any business with the board needs to be here at 530 so that when their item comes up, they're ready to go. The city is ready to proceed. We ask that the board proceed. Thank you.
1: Despite his plea for more time, Davis continued to provide his case for appeal.
3: Okay, first off, I would like to say that, as you might recall from the last time that I was before this board, one month ago, I brought up the fact that Beth Kate, corporate counsel for the legal department, City of Bloomington, offered to organize a meeting on my property between herself, Scott Robinson of Planning and Transportation, John Zody of Hand, and Bobby LaRue of the Monroe County Building Department. And we held this meeting on the 2nd of this month. In this meeting, which lasted for approximately one hour, one hour and 15 minutes, a video was taken by Anna Killian Hansen, which presents the most up-to-date images of my property, not like the images that were in the board packet that I reviewed on Monday. The board packet has in there images from June 26 that looks like, from uh, stills taken from a video that John Hewitt of Hand took uh, in relation to the judge. Uh, allowing Hand to come onto my property and take a look at the items. So these images were very grandiose in size. I don't know if you were able to take a look at them, but they were huge, and they created a Where's Waldo scenario in which uh, it's so vague and so large, any accusation of non-compliance could easily be construed just by, the, just by the unknowingness of these huge images. All right? As I mentioned before, I have been trying for a year and a half to get not only someone from HAND, but someone from Planning and Transportation to come onto my property and point out specifically what items might or might not be in violation. We held this meeting on the 2nd of the month, and in that, we talked about uh, the processes in which we would employ moving forward. At that time, there was nothing specific addressing my materials, my sanctioned materials that are part of my permitted and certificate of zoning compliant uh, 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 granting for my proposed structure in my backyard and the repair of my house. And also uh, the recognition of my installed art at the front and sides of my house. So at the conclusion of that meeting, it was agreed by all present that I would come up with an inventory of my building materials, which are going to be utilized in my structure and in the repair of my house, and that I would submit this to planning and transportation. It was suggested by Scott Robinson that I make contact with the planning department and he suggested Eric Grulick would be the appropriate person to meet with. And I have started communication with Eric Grulick to set up a time for us to meet and discuss the inventory of my materials and also to the issue of improved parking surfaces, i.e. gravel, which my vehicles and trailers are parked on gravel. Currently there are many leaves on the ground because they have all just fallen. And my, my property is a woodland garden, so I have many, many trees. So we agreed that that would be the next step with planning and transportation.
1: He went on to discuss the conversations he had with John Zodi, Director of Housing and Neighborhood Development for the city. Now with John Zodi,
3: who was also present, we agreed that the next step would be for John Zodi to come onto my property and we would go over specifically each and every item and discuss whether or not it was compliant or not. We have not been able to conduct this meeting yet. It's likely to take place next week following Thanksgiving, but we have not had this meeting. So therefore, there has not been any legitimate discussion as to my building materials. And again, over the last year and a half, I have made, I have left voicemails. I have left emails. I have sent Certified letters, which I have present here with me, certified letters on multiple occasions to both entities, hand and planning and transportation, none of those certified letters were ever responded to. No one has responded to those. The only thing that I've ever been presented with are very vague Bloomington statutes which do not even describe in their glossary building materials, and we're I'm referring to the hand Title VI ordinance for sanitation. In there, there is no description for building materials. There is a description for garbage. There is a description for rubbish. Now, hand simply calling my installed art and my building materials and tools and my compost pile garbage or rubbish is not correct. It doesn't just, their repeated suggestion that all of my permitted materials, lawful materials, the suggestion That these materials are scattered garbage, indiscriminately placed, is absolutely false. Anyone who comes onto my property, which I invite you all to do, you will see that everything is very organized. I am working toward uh, building my two-story structure in the back. The only thing that has been inhibiting me is the fact that I have had to constantly come before the Board of Zoning Appeals and the Board of Public Works for the exact same disputed items. Christopher Wheeler here has stated such that both issues refer to my very same materials. So once again, I am being denied my right to due process in that i'm getting absolutely no response from either department from hand nor planning and transportation and in good faith i accepted beth kates agreement to organize this meeting which took place and there has been nothing done since that time, I do not understand why I am being prosecuted tonight without there having been follow through on the city's part. Why?
1: Public Works Director Adam Watson provided his version of events and said he recommended the board deny the appeal.
6: Um, I will just mention a few things. Um, the meeting did occur that Mr. Davis referred to. You all were provided the video. Um, every email that you sent to April asking for information to be shared with the board was shared with the board, as I told you yesterday. Every single email has been forwarded to the board. Um, we we have done that every time you have sent us anything, Mr. Davis. Um, I will also note that you're, you're stating that Mr. Zody... Um, uh had, is going to be scheduling a meeting with you um i was copied on the emails where he gave you uh three different dates with over eight hours of availability prior to this meeting and you said that none of those times worked for you that is- i responded
3: to him that i was available in the latter part of this week mm-hmm.
6: so it's that that meeting can still occur we are going to ask the board to continue with their action tonight uh, we are going to ask that they reject your appeal um, and that meeting can still occur. There is still a process that would be gone through um, that you can have that meeting and you can have that discussion with Mr. Zodi as well. I think I can state for everyone on behalf of the city that they are—they were—they try- have been trying the entire time to come to a good faith effort with you. It's why you had four department heads at your property that day. It's why they've spent the amount of time they have trying to address these issues with you. Um, so... What our recommendation to the board is, is that we have our city legal department, we have our director of housing and neighborhood development, and our, our planning and transportation director, all in agreement that your property is outside of compliance of city code. And so that is what I would ask the board to be considering tonight. We will be asking the board to reject your appeal. Thank
7: but you.
2: Davis pushed back, saying he believes his rights to due process were being denied.
3: Again, how can it be outside of compliance when compliance has not even been uh has not even been shared or discussed at the level that I have been requesting for a year and a half. A year and a half, Mr. Just da-
6: Mr. Davis, stating I not, Mr. that Davis, I am I out
3: of compliance does mm-hmm. not make it so.
6: I did not ask you any questions here. I was just inform- informing the board of the city's perspective. Your time is up.
3: You're you're informing me that. Uh, that there Your is, time is up. that I am not being granted my rights to due process. My rights are being denied.
6: Our city legal department and others are in disagreement with that statement. Your time is up, Mr. Davis. I'd ask you to please sit down.
2: Cox Deckard then asked City Attorney Chris Wheeler for clarification on the items related to this appeal.
5: So in the report uh, for this um that, as alluded, this is something that we've been working with and through for some time. Uh, we did watch the video um, of the meeting that took place on November 2nd. Um, it seems that there are items on the property that clearly fall within Title 20, and there are items on the property that also fall under Title Six. Um, some of them could fall under either. Uh, so I just wanted some clarification. The, generally speaking, not down to the, the detail, for the um, item that is under appeal right now, um, what are the general items that that citation uh, was connected to? Just for clarity's sake. Yes, thank you very much. Um,
7: If you'll recall the testimony provided by Mr. Council when the city did present its information, uh, photographs were provided to the board and I'm not sure the board has them in front of them anymore, which I am disappointed to find out. Uh, It doesn't look like you have your photographs. Um, There were were photographs provided that had exhibit numbers, 1 through 15. And in those photographs, um, again, these were taken after the NOV NOV was issued on uh, the 17th of August, but Mr. Counsel testified that The items that are depicted in these photographs are the same items that he was viewing on the 17th. They may have been moved from one space to another, but they're still the same items that are on the property. And as we were looking through uh, the photographs, um, I can say that with regards to photograph number one, the clay pipe and buckets, interior mirror fragment, metal grates in various stages of decomposition would be rubbish. If you look at exhibit two, The clay pipe, metal grates, metal pieces, and various stages of decomposition are rubbish. This is the opinion of Hand, and this is the opinion of Rob Counsel as he viewed them on the 17th of August. If you look at Exhibit 3, the fence posts in various stages of decomposition are rubbish. In in Exhibit 4, there is uh, evidence of yard waste. In Exhibit 5, the awning, the sink the scrap metal items in various stages of decomposition are rubbish. In Exhibit 6, the fence segments, washing machine, scrap metal, fence posts, all in various stages of decomposition are rubbish. In Exhibit 7, scrap wood and metal items, all in various stages of decomposition. You can see them in the photographs. Those are rubbish. In exhibit eight, scrap wood and metal items, fence segments, all again in various stages of decomposition are rubbish. Exhibit nine, scrap wood and metal items in various stages of decomposition. There are plastic items, PVC, and buckets. That's rubbish. In paragraph, in exhibit 10, scrap wood and metal items in various stages of decomposition. There's also an awning that's visible. Hand believes those to be rubbish. In, in Exhibit 11, again, scrap wood and metal items in various stages of decomposition and an awning. I think this is just a different angle of the same picture, but showing that those items there are considered rubbish.
2: Again, Davis disagreed on the items that Wheeler regarded as rubbish.
7: Okay,
3: item number one. Uh, you can s- Item number one here, you can see, uh, this is a bucket. I'm working on the landscape. It had gravel in it, Okay. Uh, this is a container from a plant that I planted in the landscape. You can see my art items, my mirror. He calls this a fragment of a mirror. I don't know where that comes from. Okay, here again, he states that all this is rubbish. These are my installed art. He says that these tiles are rubbish. I stood them up and I put plants in them so that they could be seen more so as uh, a container for my plants. They are not rubbish. Item three, once again, uh, items in f- the front of my house, this is my installed art. and these are these are from those very same images. Okay, item number four, this is some wood that I piled up and then broke down and buried in my soil. This is building my soil. You can see right back here. The screened soil that I have been moving from the back, from my compost pile, up to the front. Item number five. You can see here at the corner my grandpa's washing machine. I've been using this clothes washing machine on my property ever since I purchased it 14 years ago. You can see my laundry detergent right there.
5: All right. You can see
3: this... Fencing material, which is now on the edge of my property, being used as a fence. You can see my outdoor kitchen. You can see the 100 year old garage panel that I salvaged and incorporating into my uh, structure.
5: Thank you. You can see
3: my scaffolding. It might be rusty, but is still perfectly useful. You can see my other building materials here.
5: Thank you. The time has concluded.
2: The board denied the appeal by a unanimous vote. The board also approved an abatement for the same property, which allows the city's hand department to essentially come onto the property and make it compliant with city code. The Bloomington Board of Public Works will meet again for its regular session on December 5th.
1: Nobody likes going to court. At a Bloomington nonprofit called Community Justice and Mediation, volunteers like Jolene Bergonzi and Gabby Hetrick help people solve conflict without legal action. CJAM is a partner in the Eviction Prevention Project, training mediators to work out landlord tenant disputes before they go to eviction court. Turns out they are really good at it, as you will hear on a new episode of Activate, coming your way right now on the WFHB local news.
2: Welcome to Activate, featuring real people working for positive change in our community. Encouraging you to get involved, live your passion, and make a difference.
4: Hi, this is Jolene Berganzi. I'm Gabby Hetrick, and we're from the Community Justice and Mediation Center. The Community Justice and Mediation Center is a local nonprofit. Um, we provide a wide range of mediation services, and we also do trainings on mediation and restorative justice.
0: So, we do work with the justice system sometimes to fill a need like eviction court, small claims court. So there is a a place for mediators in the community, in the justice system. However, there is also a need between neighbors, organizations, individuals, sometimes when they have a conflict or feel different to work out things.
4: Conflict can be difficult to work through um, and having a mediator as an impartial third party there to help facilitate conversation can be really helpful um, because, you know, when you're involved in a conflict, it's, it's, it's hard to see the other side and having a third person there to help walk you through that and see where you're aligning, where you're not aligning and, you know, how the parties could maybe move forward. It's really helpful.
0: I, um, many years ago, wondered why people didn't talk to each other when they felt different For decades, really, a couple decades, I've just been working with that question. How can we talk to each other when we're different? How can we hear each
4: other and understand? So we have a really big need for mediators. We offer two 40-hour trainings a year, one in in the spring, one in the fall. Um, And after you take that 40-hour training, it's over the span of a month on Thursday nights and Saturdays during the day, it's all on Zoom. Uh, You're a mediator with the Community Justice and Mediation Center. So we have three main uh, types of mediation that we offer. They fall under STEP, which is Shoplifting Theft Education Program, Uh, VORP, the Victim Offender Restoration Program, and then our community mediation, which encompasses, you know, neighborly disputes, employee, employer, Uh, and then we have a really big landlord-tenant section that falls under community mediation. And we could really use mediators uh, mostly for community. And as somebody that's very involved with our landlord-tenant services, we can really, really use people in eviction court every week. Uh, So we show up, CJAM does, with mediators as part of what's called the Eviction Prevention Project. Uh, So alongside some uh, pro bono attorneys and then a checkout process that provides social services referrals in court at the eviction process, We offer mediation to landlords and tenants as a way to resolve the dispute before the judge really has to hear the case. It's work that I'm really proud of because from January 1st of 2022 to March 31st of 2023, we produced a little over 330 mediated agreements in court that help avoid an eviction being ordered. We could really use mediators um, because of that high caseload. We're, we're doing a lot, but it's really good work, and it's really rewarding.
0: We really want people from different parts of the community because that helps make mediation a more equitable process.
4: Yeah, if you're interested in mediating with us or taking our training, you can check us out at cjamcenter.org. That's c-j-a-m-center.org. We work really flexibly with volunteers, so
0: if you only have weekends or if you only have a couple evenings, we can accommodate that. Again, I'm Gabby Hetrick. And this is Jolene Berganzi. We're from the Community Justice and Mediation Center, frequently called CJAM. We'd love to have you contribute your skills and strengths with us. Thank you.
2: You've been listening to Activate, true stories from friends and neighbors who stand up for what they believe in. Activate is a partnership between WFHB and the City of Bloomington Volunteer Network, working together to build a strong, healthy, and engaged community with production support from students in the media school at Indiana University. You can learn more about volunteer opportunities in the WFHB listening area online at bloomingtonvolunteernetwork.org. That's BloomingtonVolunteerNetwork.org. Support for WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com.
1: You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Cade Young and Noel Herhusky-Schneider in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Activate was produced by Chad Carruthers and Michelle
2: Moss. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Engineer and executive producer is Cade Young. For WFHB, I'm Dee Kager. And I'm Brandon
1: Blewett. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteered power, listener-supported, independent daily news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at
2: wfhb.org. The WFHB Local News is also available as a podcast. Just search our call letters, WFHB, wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe to never miss another local news program. Stay tuned for With Good Reason,
1: coming up next on WFHB Community Radio.